Okay, good morning. Um, uh, great to be with you, and uh, I'm really thrilled. I, I, say, I was thinking, like, uh, let's continue worshiping God, you know. So, so it was really good. I was really enjoying God's presence. Um, as I was uh, at the time of worship, I was. Uh, uh, God took me back to three or four weeks, you know. I was in uh, Oskotop. That's one of my favorite places for prayer for a season. Sometimes then it got changed the location, you know. It's not nothing to do with the, the Haynes lives there, you know. So I'm trying to stay away from that a house, you know, trying to take a D route to go to uh, uh, that the park. Um, but there are, uh, it's not like the speciality of the geographic locations, but sometimes God take me to some places and pray. So I was just speaking in tongues and uh, just praying to God. Then there was a moment God said, listen, can you just stop speaking in tongues? I want to speak to you. Okay, thank you, God. You know, okay. So then uh, uh, God showed me a picture of a big, big, massive tree and uh, there is no leaves. You know, there is no leaves. Um, and it's epic one. And God asked me to go and scratch the tree. This is, I didn't scratch any tree at there. This is something God was speaking to me. You know? So I, I didn't do anything environmentally disastrous things against any park, you know. So Paul is looking, did you scratch any of our park trees? No, I didn't do that one. As I was just scratching, uh, then I, one thing I saw that the tree was green inside. There's no leaves, there's no fruit, there's nothing there, non-impressive, looking really, really, really dry, but it's really, uh, it's green inside. Then God took me to, okay, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. As I was just, you know, just as going deeper, I can see that the roots are going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's connected to a stream of water. It's just sucking and drinking from that stream, but staying green inside, but no leaves. Okay, so then God took me to different seasons, you know. Then the shoot coming out and lots of greens coming out, uh, leaves coming out, then fruitfulness time. Or I think that's the most impressive uh, I never seen anyone taking a selfie behind a dry tree without any leaf. No, but usually tend to take a tree full of fruit. That's the time the Instagram will be vibrating. All the Facebook will be, you know, just or TikTok will be uh, ticking off or, you know, whatever happens. But what really God was speaking to me, listen, what really matters where the root is, you know, it, you look impressive or people look impressive based on seasons and what comes outside, what, what sustains you, your rootfulness. Where are you? Where is that joy coming from? I was thinking like what is connected to it this morning, you know, as I was worshiping God, I felt like uh, God is going to set some of you or all of you, this is my prayer to, to set you free through teaching you the importance of abiding in God. Okay, we prayed for let it rain. 
some of you might be coming from a hot country, you know, so the hottest place I've ever been is Kuwait, that was 52 degrees, you know, so that's a really, really hot place, you know. So can you imagine, you're standing there, there is no drinking water, then suddenly there is a mighty rain, you open your mouth and you just enjoy, wow, this is really, 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 really refreshing. Then can you imagine... If you forget to catch that water or if you are a tree, what that, that water really matters, you know, it will go down to the ground and, and if you are not able to connect with that rain in a sustainable long term, what will happen? The refreshment will be a cool thing for momentary time but when the heat comes back again you may not be able to survive because there is no drinking from the source just poured out that's really important so meetings like this God can come and refresh us speak to us and say wow that was amazing so what's our response after that how is our joy meter how is our worship meter? How is our relationship meter? How is our enjoyment in God is just momentary based on some time or is it sustainable? If it is not, why? What is distracting us? What we are trying to do within that time to do things to make it happen rather than understanding if I want to be alive, there's only one way I, I can be alive. That's only through connecting with the source, the root to the living water. That is important. So this morning, Catherine brought something about deliverance and healing and breakthrough God can do that like this. God can do that. God can divide the, divide the Red Sea, but that won't change people's heart. People can be still grumpy on the other side about uh, uh, cucumber and watermelon and all these kind of things. Bringing a breakthrough in your life is not leading us to a long-term sustainable worship there's no point of that open door in our lives. So this is my prayer. As we are going to hear this word, if you're a Christian or not, if you've been walking with God, how am I rejoicing the Lord? I'm not talking about always being happy and bubbly, but the sustainable joy in the Lord. What's the difference between me and my neighbor? What's the difference between me and my, my colleague? What's the difference between that Christian parent or non-Christian parent and myself? You know, what, is, what makes me different? Is it because I go to church every Sunday? Because I read Bible every day? I listen to podcasts? And uh, is that make you tick? Or is it more than that? My roots are in God. That's really, really important. So that's my prayer through this morning meeting. Let that fruitfulness and rootfulness and multiplication happens in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we 
ask in Jesus' name to come and speak to us this morning, God. Your word is living and active. Lord Jesus is a living seed and that's going to be sown into people's heart and minds, God. I pray for multiplication, 30, 60, 100. Protect these seeds from the enemy taking away, trampled, crushed, and not bringing any fruit because of worries and fears and bills and a cost of living crisis and relationship issues and a sickness. A number of things can be crushed, can crush this living seed. Lord, this is our prayer, God. We want to grow in your in your word and to be sustainable and be alive in you, God, because we want to abide in you, God. Would you please come and set us free to listen next uh, half an hour or, or Lord Jesus, 40 minutes to listen to your word because this is the words of living God and it's going to bring good and freedom and long-term sustainable joy in our life and leads to everlasting eternal freedom, God. Come and speak to us. And help me to preach the way you want me to communicate, God. No adding or subtracting, God. But this is my desire to communicate so that people can catch your heart and go with that love the way you want all of us to live, God. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 13, we will go to that, uh, uh, that scripture. I will give you some context that will help you to understand. Kids, if you're drawing, drawing your picture or coloring, you can do a couple of things. You know, Jesus spending time, uh, his time with his friends. This is a very crucial time. And uh, how many disciples Jesus had? Kids, can you answer that question? How many disciples Jesus had? Who wants to shout? How many disciples? Three. Oh, no, no it's not three. 12, okay, okay, so th there are 12 disciples, and these 12 disciples gather before Jesus was gone to the cross, or Jesus was, uh, well, before Jesus was uh, arrested, and uh, what was that feast called? What did they gather in one place? What did they do? They gather and did something. Kids, do you remember that? Jesus gathered 12 of them. And he did something together with the bread and something. Do you remember that? Mm. Yeah, broke bread. Okay. And it's not like a fancy chicken tikka masala curry night in somewhere in a restaurant. Okay, whether you like it or not. That was a very tense, very scary and fearful time. He's breaking bread with his friends, knowing that one of you, one of you is going to betray me. Kids, how many of you like a cricket or football or some sort of sports? Okay, any team game, if you're gathering and uh, one of your friends has a relationship with the other team and he has a plan to leave all the plans and secrets for you so that that person can make your team lose and still he's part or she's part of your team. How do you treat that person? It will be absolutely outrageous time because the team talk should be secret. The team talk should be bringing unity so that you can win that 
battle, win can that game so that you can get the trophy. But in Jesus' case, Jesus knew one of you going to betray me. And Jesus still kept him within that feast time, breaking bread. And he even gave that bread to him and he had fellowship with him. After that, he gave something, you know. So he was together breaking bread and uh, sharing bread together. I will read that passage, you know. That's John chapter 13, verse uh, uh, 31 onwards. 13 verse 31 onwards. When he has gone, Jesus said, who, who gone? That was Judas has gone, you know. So because uh, in verse 21, he said, I tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. Then, it, in verse 26, it is the one whom I will give the piece of bread when I have dipped in the dish, then dipped the piece of bread he gave to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Jesus took the, uh, Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him, and Jesus said to him, what you are about to do, do it quickly. So that's the scene. This is not like a holiday camp. This is a very tense moment of friendship at the same time you know that one of the person is going to betray betray you so after that what happened he left that table he left that scene listen what jesus is saying now is the son of man glorified and god is glorified in him if god is glorified in him god will glorify the son son in him and will glorify him in at once what this is the most disastrous time somebody is going to betray you and that means subsequent response of that one you are going to die but jesus you are saying son of man is going to be glorified this is the time of glory. It won't make any sense. You just said somebody is going to betray you. Then when Judas left, he said, this is going to be a time of glory. Verse 33. My children, I will be with you only a little. You will look for me just as I told, I told the Jews. So I tell you where I'm going, you cannot come. Verse 34. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. So Jesus is saying, he was saying like love one another immediately after somebody left to betray him. Immediately after something disastrous is going to happen in the history, something never happened before. Then he's saying a amazing instruction, a new command. Jesus, this is not the best time to give a new thing. You're supposed to go and fix the issue. He's the betrayer. Somehow stop him. You have taught to us many things, but now you are giving something new. A new command I give you, love one another. Is it new? Not at all. In Leviticus chapter 19, 
love your neighbor. You know, love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, and say, love your neighbor. It's an old commandment. It's already in the book. But here Jesus says, my children, a new command, I give you love one another. In the midst of the most darkest time, Jesus is saying, I will be glorified in God. At the same time, he's communicating to his uh, disciples and calling them as my little children. And that's something never seen before anywhere in the scripture. This is the only one place in the New Testament you can see the same word mentioned, little children. And you can see that one somewhere else written by. That's, a, that's the, the, the same word was repeated in, in God's, uh, uh, jo, uh, John, when in 1 John, to, you know, just like when he was doing the epistle, you know, you can see that one is repeated by uh, uh, the John. Uh, it, it's a, this is a very unique way of saying, my little children, I want to give you something special, love one another. And he, when he was asking uh, another time, you know, little children, do we have any fish? Fish, that was a different word was using. This is a unique word Jesus used very specifically to communicate about the new commandment. So little children, I'm going where you cannot come. I'm leaving. Until now, everyone knows you are my disciples because you are with me. You travel with me. You Eat with me. Then people know that these guys are disciples of Jesus. What is going to happen now? Within days and hours, he's going to die. You cannot say the same way because you're not going to walk with Jesus anymore. You're not going to eat with Jesus anymore. You're going to do, be part of a miracle, so multiplication of bread. You cannot be recognized as a disciple because being with Jesus, that is going to come to an end because I will be betrayed. I'm going to die and I'm going to be with the Father. I'm going to leave now. So how will you know? Others will know that you are my disciples. It's not because of a badge, something else. That's the place he's giving a new command. And when you follow this new command, people will know you're my disciple. How many of you are following me? So before people understood disciples because of the physical presence and participation in a physical level. Now, Jesus saying, now I will be betrayed. I'm going to die. From now on, I'm going to give you a new commandment. This new commandment is going to be, people will know you are my disciples by one thing. Through loving one another. Wow. It's not because of you're going to church. It's not because you are doing something amazing, charitable work through loving one another. That's a new commandment. I will come to that one. What is that really? What did make it new in the, uh, in the, uh, in the, as we go forward? And the new children, little children, been repeated multiple times in 1 John chapter 2 many times. So let's go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 7 to 8. Beloved, I'm writing to you no new command, but an old command, commandment, not, no, not, uh, no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. 
the old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment. Goodness me, can you stop confusing? We are already confused enough because, <laughs> you know, what's going on? He's saying, at the same time, it's a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you. Can you say that together? In him and in you. Oh, uh, no, you need to be doing better, please. Yeah. In him and in you. Okay. So if you look at that scripture a bit more closely, at the same time, this is a new commandment. It's not saying it is not a new commandment. It's not plural. It is singular thing. A new commandment I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you. Why is that true? Why is that true? Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Hallelujah. That's why it's true. It's really important to look at that scripture again. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. It is true not because you read Bible. It's not because you, are, you have a Christian name. It's not because you have some Christian identity. It is true because of the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Where did that happen? At the cross. At the cross. So he's reminding in 1 John to the readers and the church... This is the new commandment I'm giving you. It is true in him and in true in you. So the writer of 1 John was with Jesus at the time he was breaking bread. And he heard Jesus gave this command to him. A new command I give to you, love one another. After many years, so I don't know when is that writing. He's writing again. I want to remind you something new given by Jesus. A new commandment I'm writing to you is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away. If you read the, uh, uh, you know, the, the epistle, you can see that one. He hardly used uh, the love of Jesus in 1 John or 1, uh, 1 John chapter 1 or 2 or 3, or you, you can't see that one, the love of Jesus. He repeatedly say the word, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. But Jesus said, you love one another as I loved you. He is supposed to say, we love one another as Jesus loved. But he didn't use that at all. He repeatedly say, love one another as God loved. Okay. John, you heard that from Jesus. And he's the one gave this new commandment, love one another as I loved you. You're supposed to say, love one another as Jesus loved. But he's repeatedly saying, 
again and again, love one another as God loved. Where is that coming from? For John, something supernatural has been revealed. When I was sitting with Jesus, I was sitting with God. When I was sitting with Jesus and breaking bread, I was breaking bread with God. When Jesus died on the cross, God was dying in my place. When Jesus forgave sins, it was God. So that means he was actually affirming again and again when I'm looking at the cross and when I'm looking at the bread, I was having fellowship with God. I ate with God. So he was affirming Jesus is God. So love one another. This is not a new command. From, this is not just a nice command from Jesus mentioned. This is the command from God saying love one another. Let me move forward a bit more quickly. In 1 John chapter 4, 10 to 11. In this love. Not what we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. That's the foundation. So in first letter, Jesus was, John isn't minimizing what Jesus has done on the cross, actually he was affirming what is the depth of real love. God was loving us there in that night. In the darkness, God was loving us. In the midst of betrayal, God was loving us. In the midst of darkness, God was loving us. In the midst of the, the crucifixion, God was loving us. That is the place we look when we talk about love. Because Jesus loved us. How do we know that God's love? Because Jesus died in his place, in our place, because God was dying for us. How we know that one? How do we know that in our daily life? You know, so let's look at uh, some of the scriptures. That's 1 John, chap uh, John chapter 13, verse 34, that you will love one another. And the, and the love is how you can know through what happening in our life. You know, let's look at some of the scriptures. That's 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, that's 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. How do we know that we love God and love one another? That is the character character if you how, how do we know that we are born of God we love one another let's go to another scripture 1 John chapter 3 verse 14 we know that we have passed out from death into life because we love the brothers or sisters how do we know that because we love one another that is the mark of a true discipleship. It's not because coming to Shackliffe's community center. It's not because of doing some charitable work. The mark of a true disciple, according to one John, 
by the depth of understanding of Jesus' death on the cross, and we love one another. We love our brothers. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is one who does not love his brother. Goodness me. Shall we have a break? He's coming back again and again and again. Because he was affirming the new commandment from God. This is the symbol of your identity in Christ. You have the capacity and the courage and the depth to love someone. No matter what kind of background or color or race. How horrific they are. You still be able to love that person without any layer of discrimination that only happens through the power of God. That's why we have wars. We have, that's why we have racial discrimination. That's why we have a, a class discrimination, color discrimination, rich and poor, you know, hatred and violence. Why is that happening? Because people cannot love one another without the ultimate amazing love from God. It's impossible to do that one. You can do many things tick box. That's, what, that's the mark. And 1 John chapter 4 verse 8. Anyone who does not love, does not know God. Oh my word. It's getting worse now. Because God is love. Whoever says, that is 1 John chapter 2 verse 9 to 10. Whoever says, he is in the light and hate his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. Oh, that's an interesting word. John is using a word used by Jesus. Can you find that one? A couple of words in that, in that word. Can you just repeat me if you find some of the words Jesus used being repeated or used by John here. Children, you can also listen this one. Whoever says he's in the light. Did Jesus use that word? What Jesus talk about light? I am the light of this world. And he pointed to, you know, he, he looked at the disciples and said, you are the, oh, come on. What kind of Bible do you use? You are the light of this world. Okay, so who is using that two words here? John is using here. What did John say? Whoever says he is in the light and hate his brother, he is still in the darkness. Jesus also used the word light and darkness. And second thing, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. Which word Jesus used? Abides. What did Jesus say when he was using that word abides? Abide in me. <laughs> Abide in me. Like what? What was the what was the example he was using? The branch. 
abiding in you know abiding 1 John chapter 3 verse 23 this is the new command i give you we believe in the name of the son jesus christ and love one another just as he has commanded us shall we look at that scripture again as this is as this and this is his commandment is singular not commandments that we believe in the name of jesus christ and love one another you cannot separate that that's one commandment believe in jesus love one another they are not two commandments they are single they are single that's why before he say you cannot say that one i love i i'm in the light but i hate my brother it won't work and in this commandment he said love one another and so believe or trusting in the word of god will be reflected in our relationship not just in bible reading not just giving not just in our prayer point lord pray for pray for that one it will be reflected in our everyday lives i don't know what are the implications you know could be giving hospitality sacrificial or that could be a list of things you know so i'm not looking into that one i'm looking at you cannot separate loving jesus loving one another are you a true believer do you have this mark people know you because you have a cross you're wearing or because you are carrying a bible or you make some uh, comments on facebook or you disagree with something or you are a smiley person or you go to church or you say something about religious what is the mark jesus encouraging us abide in me that will enable you something absolutely amazing that is you can love one another you can't buy that from amazon i can guarantee you cannot ebay it you cannot download it it's only through fellowship knowing the tree being part of that fellowship that is something comes from inside by this all people will know that you are my disciples you have love for one another that means love confirms that your possession of faith is in me is real sorry guys it's quite simple there is no seven points in this one jesus said only one point how do you know that you are my disciples 
because you love me, he's in me, he's in, in you, and you love one another. Don't try to think about how do I do that one. That will come later stage. Let's look at, focus on the abiding things. Let's finish with the word. Why is make it new? Why is new? It's already in the commandment. It's already in Leviticus. Why it's making it so new? Because never in the history, Son of God came into this world and laid down his life for his people. This is something new. Did, did Moses lay down his life for his people? Died? No. No one ever died in the history for the redemption of people. That is something new. The degree of, the degree of greatness and the degree of sacrifice never been demonstrated like at the cross. Never happened in the history. And, and Jesus is declaring, inaugurating his kingdom, something never happened before. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the kingdom of God. It's at hand. It's there is something inaugurating and the sin being defeated, the death being conquered, and Jesus rose again from the dead. Before that, there was a healings there, you know, healing of leprosy in the Old Testament, opening the eyes might be in the, uh, in the, in the Old Testament, multiplication of food in the Old Testament, uh, dividing the Red Sea, you know, more dramatic things happen in the Old Testament than in the New Testament in many contexts. But this is something new because the ultimate sacrifice for our substitution, for our sin, for our recklessness, for our death, never been paid in the history by someone sinless, blameless, righteous, holy, pure, son of man. That is why this is new. Before that, people tried to do by their own strength. Now, we can do all these things through abiding in him. Hallelujah. <laughs> we can be hospitable, not because we love to do that, because we are abiding in him. So from him, generosity will flow. From him, the kindness will flow. The, from him, we will break the barrier of individualism and we will walk in that freedom. Then people will know they are unique. They are the disciples. They are the disciples because everyone is looking for what can I get? People go to church. What kind of church I'm going Consumerism is very much part of church and fellowship. But here, something radical going the other way around. You are abiding in me. Jesus washed the feet, so I will wash the feet so that I will, I will imitate Jesus. No, that is a religion. I'm participating. I'm part of the manifestation. I'm part of abiding. I can't do anything without God. So this could be our prayer this morning. God, I lost that track. I'm trying to become, okay, Jesus loved, 
I will love. Jesus washed the feet, I will wash the feet. Jesus feed the people, I will feed the people. Jesus was hospitable, I will be hospitable. So how can a branch look at the vine and say, how amazing you are. The vine will say, you won't survive. Imitation, copying, or trying to do the nice things Jesus did. I say he's a nice person. You never ever survive. The only way to life in fullness is through abiding in him. So let's pray. God, open my eyes to see. To love you. To abide in you. And above all, to live joyfully these new commandments. Let's pray. So this is more than an imitation. This is more than copying. This is abiding in him. Laying down our lives, our privileges for one another. Loving our brothers and sisters without any barriers that's only come through abiding in Jesus. Loving the weakest and the oldest and the youngest and the poorest and the disabled and the lonely and the troublemaker will be loved and welcomed in only through abiding in him. This is the way we can fulfillment, fulfill that greatest commandment and new commandment by abiding in him. Let's pray for the practical implication God to reveal us. That might be different. That might be diverse. That might be unique based on the gifts and the calling God has given in you. But everything flows from abiding in him. Let's stand. This could be a time to come back to God. God, I tried to do things in my own way. And feel good factor. I'm not a bad person. I pray for that person. I spend time with that person. I'm not that bad with the hospitality because last week I invited someone. Are we trying to copy or imitate or manifest because we are in him? It is true in him and it is true in you. Don't be deceived by the lies of the enemy through doing. No, through being in him. There will be season leafless times. But you can be alive by your root is on the water. There will be flourishing times. But what matters connecting with him. So if you want to say sorry to God for some of the ways you're trying to do, this is a good time. If you think, God, thank you for the revelation. I'm in you, God. I want to go deeper in you, God. Let's worship with a grateful heart and a cry from our depth of our heart. Lord, take me deeper to the depth of new commandment to love you and love one another.